Welcome to the Wrestling Fans Insight. This is your host, John Hoppy, along with co-host Dustin Homer. How you doing today, Dustin? I'm great. How you doing today, John? Not so bad. Just real busy week. Want to apologize to our two whole listeners, maybe a couple of readers. We met to get an episode going for Elimination Chamber. We recorded an episode for last week, but due to the fact that we had some issues here in Utah with how we do our work concerning with weather conditions and road conditions, I was so busy i had to change my work schedule all around so i apologize to everybody we are going to be back on track this week we're going to cover all the shows that started with the week of february 28th we hope you forgive us for this for last week's mishap and we'll get things going Let's start off with Monday Night Raw. We had the first segment with the Kevin Owens show with Seth Rollins. With Kevin Owens still continuing badmouth the state of Texas, but then goes on to promote how him and Seth Rollins plan on winning the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships against Alpha Academy and RK Bro next week. Yeah, this was such a fun little segment. I loved uh, Kevin Owens' hat, how he wore it out to the ring. I just I laughed the entire time, man. I could I was dying and then when it just started off it just yeah it was so it's so stupid that it's silly well how about chad gable dude whoever thought that guy could be so hilarious with the educational lines <laughs> yeah i know and him with his uh constant shushing i just i love his shush the shush Jeez. off until kevin owens gives gable the stoner what a great little promo we got and then we got to see him fight it was it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Oh man, I when I watched that, I just I I can't believe it. But yeah, I fell into complete laughter because you <laughs> see, this was mostly something you would see out of a dad joke, not so much as modern day. Yeah, and yeah. they made it work. They made it <laughs> completely work. Up yep, and uh, Gable was finally pinned at the end of the match. Ko and Seth looked good going into you know next week for title match i believe so and how about seth let's hope either i'm sorry go ahead oh sorry i was just saying let's hope either what happens for the title match is we get stone cold to interrupt ko and and we get that massive massive monumental fight or they win the titles well and how about how's uh, i guess i really cannot talk today the house is too quiet and must have me Twitter painted or some shit like that. How about that chemistry between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins gelling as a team? I mean, when they first oh, started, dude, I, loved it. I mean, when they first started, you know, there were 
it was a little rough. These guys are working really well together. Dude, I'm loving that buckle bomb, stunner, stomp combo. It is just, they make it look so damn good. They do. And man, I'll tell you, Gable still able to get the heat with the crowd. I mean, this is one hell of a feud. I'm uh, I'm glued into it, even though like I know the whole thing's just kind of kind of silly. I still really really enjoy just this tag team and RK Bro and this whole feud. Next, we're gonna be talking about Omos versus T-Bar, and we got the women's six six woman match. So first off, with the Omos versus T-Bar, Omos just uh, destroyed him in every way. Kind of sucks to see that because I really liked T-Bar, Dominic Dijakovic. In NXT, his ring gear looked a lot better than it has in a while. I mean, at least he, he did what it was supposed to do. There's not really much to talk about the squash. Omos just looks crazy dangerous, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have to sit through a few months of squash matches now for Omos. Well, hopefully not for a few months. The only thing I feel is they really just need to have T-Bar go back to the Dijakovic name. It's really kind of terrible to just keep a name from being in a group that's no longer around in the W. Well, yeah, and so is Mace. Mace still has his name. I'm trying to remember, what was his name before? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I remember Dio Madden. That's what it was, Dio Madden. Sorry, Dio, or Mace, or whatever you want to go by today. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just think we need to have them go back to their names. Yeah, I, I really love T-Bar, or Dijakovic, whatever you really want to call him. I hope he can either turn something around on there, or he goes back to NXT. Who knows? I think it would be more suitable for him to go back to NXT and redevelop. Mm, Yeah, yeah, I think he might have been called up a little too early. Next, we're going to talk about the women's six-woman Six match. woman tag match. <laughs> yes, the one. That's the one. A little tongue tied there, man. I don't usually love these three versus three ones. They just they bore me. They always have, no matter what promotion. But this this match had me glued in the entire time. When you just started seeing Belair whip Lynch with her hair, and you could hear it. Well, you and saw those lacerations WWE. too on Becky's abs. Holy shit! I mean, you could actually Dude, hear the it. hair hitting her abs. Yeah. The the only thing I fear. I really hope they don't try it because, you know, I've seen it. I don't want them to try and have Becky cut Belair's hair. Oh, that would be horrible. Yeah. But all six women in this whole match, though, they showcase the reason why they're on the main roster. There really oh, was. There really was. There was really no wasted motion in that ring the whole match. It just reminded me when they were here in Salt Lake City a month ago with Dewdrop, Liv, Bianca, and Becky. That match was match of the night when they were here and there was no wasted motion in that match either they all proved that these these all these ladies are main event level oh dude lit and i cannot believe how well Liv has gotten man she is just she's developed into such a damn good competitor and now we've got so many women on nxt that are just developing at just the same speed that man once we're ready like to start pushing them onto the main eo hopefully soon dude i'm just i'm ready for that me too me too i i think it'll be just a matter of time before we both see Rhea and Liv have titles around their waist. Yeah, I think the way they're booking Belair is smart, though. Like, they had her lose, but then they had her climb all the way back up. Like, no no problems there, man. And she just, the showcase of these immortals, to me... <laughs> 
even though they say that kind of stuff. It was so good. I really loved watching how strong Rhea is. Her power moves are off the charts. Having the Bel Air and Becky spot with the whipping just gave it that extra layer and that extra flair of uh, what it needed. Right. And watching how Bianca can outpower just about anyone even becky you know bianca's in a good spot with showcasing her skills i know i'm extremely excited for wrestlemania and really just smackdown raw all of it every week live breathe just wrestling man all right next we've got robert rude versus Tommaso champa let's get into that match first man champa and rude it was it was creating magic for me again i got to see my favorite spine buster in the world by robert rude i'm always gonna talk about it every time i see it you know i'm really excited to see this fight on nxt with Dolph and champa man I, I really love the idea of nxt and main roster kind of mingling more and it, it was it was a good little match champa still got the let's see did champa win i can't remember i don't yeah champa 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 got the win because what he did was he kicked ziggler off the apron rude was gonna try to oh, sneak right. up behind him and champa schoolboyed him for the win well rolled him, right. roll, rolled him up for the win i should say i'm not sure if that's really schoolboy because they usually use the term schoolboy for an actual roll up with the hooking of the leg and all that right right yeah it was i, I thought it was a good little good little match going into nxt it kind of still kept a little momentum showing hey watch some nxt and you'll get more of this so uh, it, it's the nice. Dirty dogs beat, Sorry, go ahead. The Dirty Dogs just finished the match by beating Chomp on the ring and just left him in there. Yeah, it's nice to see the rubs going between Raw and NXT. However, like I mentioned to you personally, I kind of would like to see the SmackDown roster be a little more involved as well. Be nice to something a little more universal with all three brands working together. That would be nice. Do you think maybe it's just because, maybe because of Fox? No, be well, yeah, come to think of it, you made a good point right there. I didn't even realize what I was going in my thought process with the two channels being sci-fi and usa pretty much together right right yeah yeah so that's my bad my bad on the thinking that's probably why we're not seeing smackdown on nxt i do like seeing both brands work together it would be awesome if we could see fox be a little more forgiving and let the smackdown roster play with nxt a little bit but you (laughs) but you wouldn't think that would be an issue where brock lesnar has the world heavyweight championship and he's appearing on both brands yeah that's true too i don't yeah all right, next we've got the Reggie and Dana Brooke versus Tamina and Akira Tozawa. So let's get into that. That was, that was a fun little quick quick little match. We got to showcase more of what Reggie can do in the ring. And man, is he talented. Dana Brooke has never looked better in her career. I am just stunned. And I, I think her being in this title picture, even though it may be the 24-7 title, whatever. Title's a title. It's just a And yeah, Dana looked good. Funny little ending with Tamina kissing Akira. And yeah, there we yeah, that was the whole match. I don't really have much to add to it, just because of the nature of the silliness. Yeah, it, it was. It, it did have its fun segment right at the end, where you had Tamina aggressively kiss Tazawa and just leave, and you see Reggie and Dana fanning off Tazawa after that hot kiss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not definitely not my favorite match of that night. It was a little humorous. I will give it that. It was still good to have them have like a two little minute spat, you know, like. It was it was good watching Dana fight. Right. She No, this is the best she's looked. They're finally utilizing her. They should have been utilizing her a long time ago. But... 
Alright, Mysterio versus Hurt Business. Let's go. I uh, really think Hurt Business should have had more offense if they were going to let them win in this match. Mysterio's definitely were stronger. The stronger looking team this entire match. And then, like, is the roll-up at the end? I mean, Miz's promo was great at the beginning. Anything Miz does, does excuse me, I'm just glued to. I want to watch anything he's doing. Miz has just gotten so much better every year. I agree. He's definitely making the best out of his career, especially after having just a very short run with the WWE Championship, losing it so quickly to Bobby Lashley. However, Miz is over. He doesn't really need the WWE Championship. It just helped his accolades for being more receptive in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, definitely. He doesn't. He doesn't need the championship. He can keep... I mean, look how many feuds he's just doing, like just feud after feud, and they don't even need titles, man, and they're still all captivating, and I'm Loving all of them. And how lucky are we? We get Shelton Benjamin two weeks in a row with Cedric Alexander. It was, what a day. What a day. Right. I think the Hurt Business needs a spot in WrestleMania being in the Tag Team Championship picture. Match number seven of the night, we see RK Bro fall short to the Street Profits, which I think everybody knows that probably wasn't supposed to happen due to some little issues toward the end of the match. We saw Montez Ford jump up right off the top rope, and what apparently when he landed on Randy Orton, he landed pretty flush on him. You said you saw some reports of what happened? Yeah, I believe Randy got just a really bad stinger, possibly crushed his ribs, but as far as I know, there was no heat on Montez and I, I believe the match was supposed to end with RK Bro winning. Overall it was a really, really good match until that until he hit that frog splash. The frog splash was beautiful by the way. Brandy just got hit really hard and he you got the wind knocked straight out of him. Yeah, I mean you knew something was wrong the way Randy rolled immediately after that impact. It was a little bit scary to see because we weren't sure. At first I was thinking maybe Montez Ford landed on Randy's shoulder based off the way he rolled in the direction and you've seen everybody checking up on him from the referee from Riddle, Ford, Dawkins, everybody was pretty concerned. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I hope he's okay, honestly. Yeah, we think everybody's praying for Randy to be well. For sure, stay tuned because we may see just a brief change to the Raw Tag Team Championship match come Monday. I know they were still advertising it, so yeah, you're right, though. We might see a change. All right, let's get into Finn versus Damian Priest for the United States Championship. Man, well-deserved for the win for Finn. This match needed way more time. I want to see them fight more. Well, now we know Finn's not going to take on Edge because <laughs> that was being teased. I just couldn't be happier. Man, if uh, Ricochet could just get the title this Friday, you know, we'd be set. Oh, wait. <laughs> Priest full heel. That's That was going to be an absolute banger. Well, I just not, give these well, two I, more I, time. Yeah, and I don't mean to interrupt on this part. When Dustin and I were recording, trying to record last week's episode, which is not going to air, so I apologize again, we talked about where Damien's character was because of the lack of the fan interaction. And like I said to Dustin, the biggest problem was creative was putting fans in mute spot because they weren't sure if they were turning them heel or if they were keeping them face. And when you do that to the fans and drag your feet so long, that character is not going to have any kind of reaction. 
action. It's going to be flat out dead, which we saw that for the last month and a half. Now where Priest attacked Balor after the match, I feel they did it right. They took too long. They, they I don't know if maybe they were just waiting for the right guy for Damien to attack post-match. Finn was the right choice because Finn's got that crowd behind him at all times. No matter if he was a heel in NXT or a face in NXT, fans were still behind Finn regardless. Again, having Damien attack Finn was the right move. The crowd was boo and priest like crazy. And I think we're going to finally see the evil side of Damien Priest like what we saw when he was Punishment Martinez in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I was I was thinking the same thing. Full, full heel for Priest and it, those two are going to have some really good title feud. If they can kind of keep keep it, keep the momentum with those two, I think we'll get a very good mid-card fight for a while. I think if... Mania at least. Yeah, and I think once his once Damien's character progresses in the hill, full hill mode, I can see him eventually getting up there for the top prize. This is definitely going to catapult Finn. Finn is like an ultimate babyface. I mean, everybody was really excited just to see him win that title. Well, the problem is he'll not heal. Finn was never really full heel because the fans were always still behind him, kind of like Stolen Cold Steve Austin. Did Steve Austin? Right, right. Steve Austin tried to go heel, it failed, and they tried to turn. Good lord, I really cannot talk tonight. They tried to turn Finn heel and it didn't work, so I don't think it catapults his heel status, or his face status. But I do think Damien kind of helped bring some integrity back to the United States Championship. I feel Finn Balor's going to bring even more to it. Yeah, he definitely will. And now it's time for the main events with Edge. Seeing who's going to come fight. Fight him at Mania, baby. And who do we get? We got AJ. AJ won in this match. I cannot wait for this match. I Man, I don't know why they turned Edge really heel. Uh, Edge is great heel. He's great face. He's great everything. I think AJ will probably win the Mania match. It, this reminded me a lot when he was fighting Randy. Was it a year ago or a few years ago? Two WrestleManias uh, that, that was ago. A good, that was a really, really good. Oh, yeah, because that was uh, with no crowd. That was a really good match. It, was, it turned into a blood feud. And I'll just edge like, just give me... Give me the styles that, you know, not this little, this bitch that's just companion for everybody. I want the styles that can fight. Beat the hell out of him, and I'm ready. I'm ready and pumped. Well, he pulled a Shinsuke Nakamura on him. He kicked him right in the balls, man. I think that's going to bring, <laughs> no, I think yeah. that's going to bring the asshole AJ out now. <laughs> yeah, I will. But now, now we've got AJ as a full face then, right? He's no longer heel. Well, yeah, they, they pretty much switched. The segment was a double turn. We have Edge going hill. AJ was a tweener, but now he's going in full face. So we're now right at. Yeah, the but he's a really good face as well. He He's good in either role, just like Edge's. Oh, exactly. They both know how to draw the heat, but then they also know how to get the fans behind them. Both men showing definitely their experience in being in the ring for so long. They, they're they going to know how to There's get it point. done, and I think we're going to see one hell of an exciting match between the two at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, I agree. You know, there's a reason why two weeks in a row they've done the main event as just promos. 
because the promos are so good. I, I do have to give it that. Typically, I'm not a long promo guy. I'm one of those types that I'd rather just see the in-ring action. And for me, if a promo is more than 10 minutes, I'm tuned out. This one actually had me tuned in pretty good. The drama was there. The storyline was right on tack. I think we're going to, like I said, we're going to have one hell of a good match at WrestleMania between these two legends. NXT 2.0, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode versus Braun Breaker, Tommaso Ciampa. Man, let's just get into this. It was, it, the whole match was, it was great. Braun just looks absolutely just awesome. I need Robert Roode to get a singles push. I just need this to happen. I'm ready for Dolph and Breaker and Ciampa and the triple threat match next week. Roadblock. How weird is that? Roadblock, man. I, I, I didn't know they were going to put that for NXT. That's wild. Ziggler's just always so damn goaded, man. I love Ziggler. Ziggler definitely showcases his talents very well, especially at how long he's been in the business and his age. You don't normally see very many talent go this long and without showing some kind of downfall in their performance I guess you can say. Ziggler still manages to get it done. He keeps the matches very entertained. His character never really has even been dull. Rude. I kind of feel we need to get him away from the tag team scene or mainly away from Dolph and start being his own guy because this is a guy who should be holding singles titles, top titles, not just the United States title or an intercontinental title. This guy should be world heavyweight champion or universal champion oh definitely man i'm i'm ready for him to have a push truly i mean if he wasn't in nxt very long and he was already nxt champion if he's good enough to be nxt champion that quick there's no reason why he cannot be in the hunt for the top two prizes in this company i think it's just a matter of time just gotta have hope and faith my friend Next, we're getting into L.A. Knight and Grayson Waller. L.A. Knight coming out, marching to the ring, calling out Grayson. Just talking about his history. They were recapping it. It was, it was pretty good. And then we, we got a challenge for a last man standing match at Roadblock. And I got to tell you, I am so excited about this one. I, I want to see it. I want to just get into it. I cannot wait for it. In match number two, we had a Dusty Classic Cup tag match for the women's division. When the team of Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai got the win over Indy Hartwell, Persia Parada. We saw a short promo just before the match hit happened with Persia being distracted texting Duke Hudson. Indy Hartwell was trying to get Persia to be a little more focused and ready for the match. We then go into the in-ring action. Get to see the shocking win by Wendy Chu, Dakota Kai. Shocking mainly because 
is the two different characters that you don't really see would gel well. Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu, they made this tag match work. They made their team look really good. They had good chemistry throughout the entire match. You see the distraction with Indy and Persia having their out-of-the-ring difficulties with the whole Duke Hudson, Persia Parada, ah, Persia Parada relationship, which probably distracted Parada enough to where she got pinned by Dakota Kai. Yeah, watching Dakota Kai, man, she is just, she's a phenomenal star, and who would have guessed her and Wendy Chu would have just, cl- like, meshed jello, man. It was so good. I, I did not expect that. Their, their kicks just back and forth were, dude, they, they, they put them in the ground. It was so good. I was, it was a, it was a classic for me. I might have to go back and rewatch this a couple times because I've enjoyed it so much. Yeah, and like I said, it, it was weird to see two characters that are so different team up, and I've mentioned it in the past. I haven't been real big on the whole pajama sleepy time gimmick of Wendy Chu, but I can overlook that with her in-ring skill being a seasoned vet. Her and Kai definitely more experienced than Hartwell and Parada, and they made it very entertaining. They had the fans right behind them the not, entire match. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just do not understand Dakota Kai's character. It's it's absolutely breaking my brain, and I don't even understand how Wendy Chu's so over with this sleeping gimmick. There's no way this sleeping gimmick would be that good on the main roster. No one would be as hyped for it as they are in NXT. There's just no way. But it's working. That's the per- that's the thing. It is, is. The fans are yeah. be- the fans are into it. And bottom line, as a businessman, if it works, don't change it. Yeah, true. I mean, I hope. I'm hoping Kai's works too. She's like gone absolutely insane or something. I don't even, I still don't even understand it. Well, and it, it's hard because she didn't really transition full face with the fans cheering them on. It's almost similar to when Stone Cold was going face. I mean, he didn't want to go face. Sorry, the fans reacted and you're going to be a face. <laughs> and that might be the situation Dakota Kai's in right now with, That's the her, bottom line. with her psycho talking to the invisible friend gimmick. And what was probably the most disappointing match of all time, we had Lash Legend going over Amari Miller. Amari looked really good, actually. This was better than what they showed in the Dusty Classic last week. However, Lash Legend, you can tell, she's just not TV-ready. She needs more time to develop her in-ring skills. And for right now, I think the best move would be to keep having her do her little talk show. I think it's called Lashing Out, if that's right. Is that right, Dustin? That's right, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, this match was so bad, even Bleacher Report gave it an F, folks. And not so much on Amari Miller. It was just Lash Legend is not ready for the ring. No, no offense, Lash, but you do have the look. I do believe you have skills that can get it done. Just I think we need to see a little more development out of you. Afterwards, with the match, Lash Legend called out Nikita Lyons for taking her spotlight last week, and what a debut she did have. Lyons then responded by saying she wanted to speak on her lashing out next week. So we get to see what Nikita has to say to Lash, Le- Lash Legend, and hopefully we get Nikita destroying her in every possible capacity and way. Let's pray that show is better than what this was. Well, it has the key line, so I'm not too worried. And at least things are now getting better for the show. We had a real slobber knocker, as Jim Ross would call it, between Gunther and Solo Sokoa. Great match overall. It was 
very physical between both competitors. Unfortunately, Solo Sokoa's undefeated streak is no longer, as Gunther got the pinfall over him. Yeah, he did. Uh, I I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, Solo losing to him, because, man, Gunther is a very well-established fighter in the ring and you know Sola's new he's getting in there and I don't think this feud is done and if it's not that's great for us it's great for the fan because I'm ready to see more of this because we didn't even get to see Gunther do a whole bunch of horrific chops either because that's you know what he's famous for and so I, I think if these two get a good time maybe maybe we even got they throw in something next week who knows I doubt it but that would be cool too to just get a little bit more time with those two and we could just really have some crazy crazy matches with those but he hit him with two power bombs there's no way that bitch is getting up no way i know i wouldn't well you have some big balls to call him a little bitch but i think the whole thing here is gunther's building momentum to make a run toward the nxt championship which i really hope that is the case it puts him in good position defeating Sola Sokoa because Sola Sokoa is a strong character, has been since his debut, and with that good of a run he's had so far, taking a loss definitely is not going to hurt him, especially when you got somebody as powerful as Gunther. Listen, I didn't mean to call him a bitch, okay? He's not a bitch. I was just saying it. Uh, yes, if if we get to see Gunther and Breaker, holy fuck i'm bringing the beers yeah it'll definitely be one hell of a match to watch yes it would holy shit harlan versus draco wow harlan just beating the holy living by this guy man it was just those were brutal hits i couldn't even believe it and then we just get harlan hugging him at the end what the hell man if we really get draco put in this little faction holy shit the sky's the limit i don't know i'm I'm liking it but jesus that was that was just brutalized as hell but can you really picture draco anthony going toward the dark side with joe gacy and harlan if he keeps getting pushed this way yes i do okay i'm i mean no i was just asking honestly because i really haven't watched a whole lot of draco anthony and that's my bad watching harlan and joe gacy work with each other i i I love the dark psycho gimmick i oh i do too it's great i mean you got gacy who's really good mike skill wise and can just have a smooth smooth way of talking and it, it's believable it almost reminds me of how jake roberts could hook you in a, into one of his promos the minute he talks he's got you hook line sinker you're you're done you're paying attention to everything they're doing this is the same as joe gacy man you, you just hear every word that comes out of his mouth and you're glued into that television and i think if we really can get because it's been consistent i think it's been about three or four times he keeps uh gacy keeps trying to convince draco to come to the dark side so yes i think he's going to finally snap and then it's going to be draco and uh harlan just beating the living hell out of everybody 
Uh, Tatum Paxley apologizes to Ivy Nile for last week. And then Ivy tried to tell her, like, I'm, I'm going to teach you, like, what it means to be diamond mine in the hard way. And you got to really like, kind of feel that, okay, I guess we're not going to get a full-on huge fight between Ivy and Paxley yet. Maybe, I, I think this, this is going to be really good, though, because now we can even have Ivy be more aligned with her and make her more dominant with Tatum. We then go to another women's Dusty Classic Cup match with Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez getting the win over Valentina Ferois and Yulisa Leon. Sorry if I butchered those names. Like I said, I'm not good with Hispanic names. As I've been told, my Spanish is shit. Anywho, Leon Ferois, they looked really good in this match. I felt this match definitely deserved a lot more time than what it was given. They seemed to wrestle like they were pretty much seasoned vets. Yeah, those two, they, they just meshed perfect. And when Cora was just left in the left to fight alone against those two, it was just, it was fun to just watch her fighting her way through that whole thing. Uh, it was, that was, it was great. Those, I want to see both of those women wrestle more. The only thing I felt was a downer in the match. And don't get me wrong, the match was good overall, especially from both teams. I just felt Cora Jade's young age kind of showed a little bit where she was finished finessing after each move she was performing if she kind of took a little time and not finesse so much i think this match could have been right up there with match of the night well i think we'll get that i think a little bit more time with uh maybe maybe raquel and she's gonna start you know sharpening her skills and there won't be as much finessing and i think you're right and like i said the, there was the match wasn't bad it was very entertaining just if we cut down the finesse of how she finishes each move or set of move segments it the match would have been perfect in the next match we had andre chase Losing to Von Wagner with the Robert Stone brand. Not a whole lot to say to this match. Von Wagner showing he's still a good powerhouse and is a dominant star. However, I felt with this match, with Von Wagner winning, they gave Chase a little too much time being on the offense. Didn't really make sense to have him have any kind of offense, especially when they book him as a enhancement talent for all the others. This match probably definitely not the worst, especially given we had the last legend in Amari Miller but this was pretty much the solid number two worst match of the night and now it's time for the main events we got the NXT North American Championship title on the line with Carmelo Hayes versus Pete Dunne man these two just tore it up I am ready to see them fight over and over I think I'm gonna go rewatch this match again and again Carmelo is on another level man yeah I think it's only a matter of time before he's main roster I don't even think at this point they need to put the NXT championship on the guy every he has oh, he he has brought so much how what's the word I'm looking for he's brought so much validity to the North American championship not turning it into a transition old belt where they played hot potato with it his reign has been very legit he's been taking on all comers i enjoy watching him keep the reign going honestly yes yes definitely and he announced that he would defend his title in a ladder match next week or no not sorry excuse me not next week at nxt stand and deliver man um getting the pinfall against dunn like let's go man let's go and it was very awesome to see dunn give that 
that nod to Camarillo because probably most top tier talent would probably have a hard time taking a loss like that. But Pete Dunn put him over and did a very good job. We saw Trick Williams try to interfere in the match, which was always, that, there's always that good heel segment to try to get some interference. But Pete Dunn held his own, breaking his fingers or separating his fingers, however you want to say it. He basically negated any interference coming into the match, but you saw Carmelo take advantage of that distraction and manage his still to get the win yeah he, he he absolutely deserves the win every every time he's been out there i've just it's been there hasn't been a bad match man no it has not no in every match carmelo has you can just see he keeps improving even though he's been doing this for a while i think we are going to see him pay eventually for how cocky he is getting or they really are just going to keep leaving the title on him because a multi-man ladder match title on the line you're getting pretty damn cocky man it's good though i'm all for it well and honestly he has the right to be his successful defenses shows why he needs to be cocky he's got that confidence going in he's taken on any comer for that championship and he's walked away with the championship yeah he has i think i don't know who would you want to see in the multi-man ladder match honestly i would love to see cameron grimes i think yeah. we need to have pete dunn back in it yeah maybe gunther should be involved in it Ooh. I'm not I don't know. I feel like he's he's kind of below that, beneath that title. Well, I disagree. Carmelo's brought that title to big enough prestige. That's the word I've been looking for. He's brought oh, okay, okay. he's brought so yeah. much prestige to that championship. I would think a lot of the guys would really want to be fighting for that compared to that NXT championship. Is what we've seen with the NXT championship has almost been almost another hot potato. I mean, we had Karrion Cross and Keith Lee, who were both title holders. They're no longer with NXT. Yes, they're not. Right. After Keith Lee passed it on to Karrion Cross, Karrion Cross had to drop it. They brought Finn Balor in to win it. Had him lose, lose the title back to Karrion Cross, and then Karrion Cross dropped the title to Samoa Joe. That lasted a couple of days. Samoa Joe relinquishes the title. He's no longer with WWE. Then it was Champa that won it right, right after. Now we're on to Braun yeah. Baker breaker yeah so yeah i mean after and it, it that's not nxt or wwe's fault they just had the unfortunate shit luck with injuries which led to those talents releases and unfortunately that's what killed the prestige of the title yeah agreed and now we're going to talk about NXT Level Up. We ha only had three matches. They're short. This is usually pretty short, but it's this is uh, worth checking out. There, yeah, I, I think this is better than 205 Live. Not in the way that 205 Live was bad, but NXT Level Up, it just, it breathes new life into Friday nights for NXT, and it's very much more developmental. So let's just get into it. First off, first match was Dante Chen versus uh, Javier Bernal. Dante Chen was looked pretty good throughout the whole match and Javier got some really good offense going um, Dante with the win Dante's really coming into his own he's still really developed but he is getting there next this was probably my personal favorite match of the night was well I don't know about that those th these last two matches were both just main event for me Tiffany Stratton versus Eric Yan Tiffany just dominated it dominated it and her her springboard twisted splash for the 
the corner for the victory is just mind-blowing. Tiffany Stratton is going to catapult into the into the, the, the next generation. She is what NXT is about, man. I'm so pumped to keep watching her. Eric Yon's really good. I, this is the first time I think I've ever seen her. I think this might have been her debut. She got a little bit of... She got some good offense on her. It looked good. It was overall a great back and forth match for a little bit. And then Stratton just took control and just did the whole I'm a rich girl character, beat the living shit out of you, and I'm a bitch. Like, it was it was great. Then our, our uh, main event was Ladago. Uh, I don't know if I said that right. L- Legato. There we go. Legato Del Fantasma versus Malik Blade and Edris Onif. Uh, man, I, I gotta tell you, Raul and J- Jacqueline Wild are just... They are on another level of wrestling. They're veteran. They're seasoned. They're so damn good. This this match was I was glued. This is a, this is I think the only only the second week into NXT level up, and I just I'm loving every single week of it. it overall, it was really good. Raul and Jacqueline defeated uh, Malik Blade and Edris Onif. It was about an eight minute fight, but it was still a really good main event with Electra Lopez kind of interfering a little bit in the match but it was overall another really really good match so it's nice to see that they're, they're putting some of the main event main event stars from nxt on nxt level up showcasing these new stars and kind of giving them that little push and then we'll get to see them on holy hopefully nxt 2.0 and vice versa and it's just it's a good back and forth so anyway anyone that checks it out talk to me about it if you didn't like it if you do great i I have nothing great things to say about this. Dante Chen and Javier wrestle a little slow for me, but like I said, if they just get sharper in the ring, it'll be it'll be good. Wednesday Dynamite started off with a huge announcement with Tony Khan. We now have a new owner of Ring of Honor. Tony Khan announced he bought the promotion this very day. And sorry if I get a little cheesy emotional. This was the best thing a pro wrestling fan could ever hear. Being someone that watched Ring of Honor start in 2002, folks. We watched the transition of Feinstein selling to Sinclair broadcasting and don't get me wrong Sinclair broadcasting did do a little bit to help the promotion out but I felt they could have expanded Ring of Honor more than what they did I kind of felt like they gave it the Carter family treatment with TNA and they for whatever reason Ring of Honor just could not get up to speed to kind of go into conversion like the other promotions did with the whole COVID-19 protocol they just 
did not have any shows once COVID-19 protocols overall basically being enforced local, state, countrywide. It it shut Ring of Honor down. And I get it. They were trying to protect the talent and anybody employed with the company. My only gripe is if WWE and AEW were able to find ways to still keep their shows going, I don't think Ring of Honor could have been any different. And if there's really any way to compare it, watch how WWE ran NXT the whole time we had COVID protocols in place. They were still able to run shows fans were still able to tune in we eventually saw wwe go to the thunderdome settings i i just have a hard time understanding why ring of honor was not able to copy that mold ring of honor still had plenty of ways to run shows and unfortunately they just did not want to do it again understandable to certain points but I felt there could have been some efforts to help that company survive. Definitely a lot of mismanaged opportunities, and having Tony Khan buy the promotion, I know there's a lot of naysayers out there that thinks this was a bad idea. Understand this, folks. With Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor, this gives Ring of Honor a second win to try to get to be a successful promotion. I know the the way the rumored works are is Tony plans on having this be in a way like a developmental promotion similar to NXT to WWE. Ring of Honor will probably be used mainly to get some development going on some of these newer stars ready for TV for Dynamite and Rampage. And now with everybody claiming Tony's had too much talent signed, this will help the congestion, eh, I'm sorry, congestion of having an overloaded talent signed to the promotion yeah i would agree that uh buying it you know it's good for the fans it's it's a good second win for ring of honor and uh we'll get to see a lot of man eight like ring of honor hits with all these people that are in aew now and people in wwe and it's gonna be cool what they do with the library ike might just be me i think whenever tony khan comes out he needs to work on his promo skills too well, hang yeah, on, just, hang on. Let me interrupt you on that one. See, and that's what the average fan is making it sound like was Tony Khan was cutting a promo. This wasn't a promo, folks. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop your bullshit nonsense on that. That was not a promo. That was co- Tony Khan going through r- real heartfelt emotion when he was making that announcement. He was very excited to see that he was able to acquire another promotion which can help him expand the pro wrestling options out there. And And if you're not business-minded like Tony Khan is, don't say a goddamn word. I'm sorry. Don't say a fucking word. Tony Khan knows what he's doing. We have no idea what he has planned. Nobody does. But the one thing I'm never going to say is Tony doesn't know how to run his business. He does. If AEW has gone this long to expand to another show and have two YouTube shows, he's done something right, folks. People are still tuning in. People are watching. It's a great time to be a pro wrestling fan. And with Tony buying this, we're not seeing another promotion go six feet under. I really hope he's able to keep the Ring of Honor classic rules in place as far as Code of Honor. Hopefully we're going to still see the same championships around like the Television Championship, Tag Team Championship, Pure Championship. Those were great gimmicks Ring of Honor had. Probably could do away with the six-man tag because honestly, I I know a lot of people get into the six-man tags or the trios tags, whatever you want to call it for the promotions. It's really hard to keep a good creative for matches like that i'm scared well i guess we'll just see what happens for the future for it 
Starting off with match number one, we had Brian Danielson getting the win over Christopher Daniels. And right after the bell, saw a classic Ring of Honor moment where we had Brian Danielson, Christopher Daniels do the Code of Honor shake, which brought some nostalgia to the old school Ring of Honor fans. It was a great thing to watch. They both had an awesome technical match throughout the entire thing. But in the end, we saw Brian Danielson win with the triangle sleeper and makes Christopher Daniels pass out. Post-match, we saw Brian Danielson, after the match, cuts a promo about how in Ring of Honor we shake hands before a match, and after the match we shake hands. Then we see the evil part of Daniel Bryan come out and say, but we're not in Ring of Honor, we're in AEW, and then continues to proceed to stomp all over Christopher Daniels. After he gets done stomping, we see Moxley come out to the ring, cuts promo on Daniel Bryan, letting him know, hey, this is not the Moxley you're going to see you're going to see the Moxley that's going to come and destroy Brian Danielson. Yeah, this was a good little match, and I enjoyed the shake for Ring of Honor. Like, it just it's good for the fans, and I love watching just Brian Danielson brutalize people and just be an evil bastard, man. That's, that's what I like to see. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this match for Mox and Brian. That Brian Sin. Brian Danielson? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one, man. <laughs> uh, see? Everyone... Can't pronounce his fucking name for like the life of me today. Well, it kills me when fans go after Jim Ross when he calls talent by the wrong name. Like, oh, well, fuck, hey. man, he's been or, calling for or, so many years. How or, wouldn't you? Well, that's the thing is, like, Paul White, he mistakenly calls him Big Show every once in a while, and someone will call him out on Twitter and... <laughs> Say, hey, you called Paul White Big Show, and I love his reactions. He'll say, oh, sorry, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, my fucking bad. It's like, well, no shit, dude. He's been called the Big Show for the last 20 years. We've been calling Brian Danielson Daniel Bryan for, he was started in, was it 2013 with NXT? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I mean, good God, give the guys a break. Nobody really gives a shit if he calls him the wrong name we all knew him by other names too as wrestling fans who watch all the promotions just play off and enjoy the show quit being a bunch (laughs) of whiny little bitches folks the second match of the night we had the casino tag team battle royale teams consisted of ftr top flight welcome back darius martin they acclaimed dark order's Actually, Dark Order had two teams. The first one that came out was Alan Angels and Number 10, Butcher and Blade, the Varsity Blondes, Proud and Powerful, Santana Ortiz, Bear Country, Chuck and Trent of the Best Friends, Dark Order's Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, The Young Bucks, Gun Club, Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson, Peter Avalon, Ryan Nemeth, and... 2.0. 2.0. Sorry it took me so long to spout those off because I had to reread who all was in it. Long story short, Young Bucks ended up winning it with a little bit of the help of the distraction from Red Dragon, which now we see in the triple tag team match for the championships coming up in Sunday's Revolution card. We have the Young Bucks against Red Dragon against the tag team champions of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Uh, this was a, a fun little casino royale match, like they usually are with AEW. I enjoyed the stare down with Young Bucks and Red Dragon. I, I think they could have a pretty dang good match. I still like to see FTR. I really enjoy FTR. And seeing Darius Martin back. That, that's who came back, right? Yeah, yeah. Dar- Darius, Darius Martin. Martin. And 
ironically, he was the last one yeah. to be eliminated. He had a great showing, though. Didn't show any sign of ring rust yeah. whatsoever. I mean, other than, you know, like, other than, you know, of course, the whole choreographed mistakes that he was gone long, like turning his butt back to the other competitors, you know, that's planned. Okay. Yeah. But, but other than that, in-ring skill techniques, guy showed no rust whatsoever. Yeah, and I think if we could get some really good matches between FTR and Santina and Ortiz, those would be some really good ones. Um, but but overall, besides all that, yeah, it was it was Young Bucks win, and okay, it's Red Rag Red Dragon, Young Bucks, and Jurassic Express. I think it's going to be pretty crazy tomorrow. I I hope so. I mean, this card's the way it's listed on paper. This should be a great card. Probably one of their better ones yet. After Dynamite had their commercial break, we cut to a Jericho promo going for his match with Eddie Kingston. Pretty much the same exact promo as last week's counter. Only at this end, we had Proud and Powerful Ortiz and Santana coming back, giving him the fist bump, check, making sure things are good. And so far, what it looks like, everything's all good. Nothing much to this promo, just shortened to the point. We got CM Punk making out his way to the ring, kind of just trying to address MJF's promo from last week. It was it's really good, man. CM Punk delivered a great promo, and MJF coming out to hug him and then just beat the holy living fuck out of him, man. And it, I'll admit, the only thing I have to say it was just it was way too much blood for me. I did enjoy the his wiping the blood on his shirt. Like, that just gave it that extra just taste, man. It was so good. MJF is just on another level as well. He's on another playing field, man. Yeah, for sure. He definitely plays the kayfabe heel character so damn well. I think he will definitely go down as, in my lifetime, he will definitely be going down as the best kayfabe heel ever in the business of professional wrestling and i kind of love the segment i don't know if you listened to 83 weeks with eric bischoff and conrad thompson but conrad and eric were talking a little bit about this feud between mjf and punk their promo from the previous week how mjf got people emotional based off his real life story and long story short eric bischoff made the comment saying i don't i'm not ready for mjf to go face yet I think he just needs to give us the double fuck, and that's exactly what happened, was MJF gave everybody the double fuck. Yes, he did, and it was great. And yet, we have another promo involving Keith Lee, who's, again, about to be interrupted by Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs. Keith Lee shuts Starks down before he tries to get too much into mocking Lee again. Long story short, this promo just leads up to their match for... The face of the Revolution ladder match coming up this Sunday on pay-per-view. We then move on to a great women's tag team match with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter coming up short against Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa. At the end, we saw Thunder Rosa get the pinfall on the champ, which is a nice continuation to the build of their pay-per-view where Dr. Britt Baker will defend her AEW Women's Championship against Thunder Rosa. Great match overall. Women performed their spots really, really well. It was awesome watching Mercedes Martinez guide Jamie Hayter during the match. 
which normally in any kind of match that he'll usually is the lead. It just shows Mercedes Martinez is willing to work with helping the younger talent out become better in the ring. We then cut to a promo where Tay Conte was about to be interviewed, but we see the interruption from Jade Cargill and Mark Smart Mark Sterling. Smart Mark had to remind Tay that she cannot lay a hand on Jade, otherwise she will lose the match, with Jade ending the promo saying, Remember, I gave you this match. Next, we have the unstoppable Wardlow versus Caesar Bononi. Wardlow looked like a goddamn champ in this, man. Absolutely just destroyed him. And then we got the end of it with with Sean Spears trying to be be angry again with the chair. And Wardlow takes that shit right away, glares him down. And then right after that, we get MJF saying... You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow you to win this, but it's because I said so. Don't forget, I own you, and slaps him in the face. And holy shit, Wardlow was pissed. Well, actually, the pro- I think the promo went that if he won the TNT Championship, oh, he'd allow him to keep it. He, That's right. he would allow him to keep it, but he has no faith in him actually winning it. And Wardlow sassed him back saying, well, that's because I'm too busy making sure you still win your matches. And then MJF comes in and slaps Wardlow and reminds him that he doesn't work for AEW, he works for him. That was a fun little promo, man. Sorry, I didn't mean to mess that up, gents. Yeah, it's all good. I thought I had that right. It's a good thing I have a good reminder here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But uh, I really like... That they're making Wardlow and into an absolute fucking monster. I think once the MJF feud and CM Punk feud, end, or sorry, excuse me, the MJF CM Punk feud ends, maybe we'll get a Wardlow feud. Maybe I don't know, but uh, yeah, let's keep 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 watching it, folks. And in the main event, we had Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, better known as Red Dragon, getting the win over John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and the AEW World Champion, Hangman Adam Page. All six men looked really impressive in this match, no wasted motion. I felt John Silver was actually the superstar in this one. He, he took the spotlight showcasing his in-ring skills. Unfortunately, we see Col- Adam Cole get the pin over Alex Reynolds after a few high spot distractions and everybody knocked out of the ring. In the post-match, we see Cole and Red Dragon attack Adam Page where they eventually duct tape his wrist to the ropes and beating up John Silver and Alex Reynolds right in front of him in the ring. Great way to end the night with Adam Cole having momentum going into the pay-per-view match with Hangman Adam Page for the AEW Championship. Yeah, it was a really good momentum to go into that. Uh, you're, you're Just to touch on that, John Silver looked absolutely great, man. Uh, he is just one of those athletes that is just he looks better every time you watch him and uh, do we do we think Cole actually beats Adam or Adam Page or is Page going to retain because after that what that brutal match with uh, the Murder Hawk oh, shit what's his name Murder Lance Hawk. Archer <laughs> yeah Mur- after that match do we do we think that Adam can beat Adam. <laughs> 
honestly, there's two different possibilities if that does happen. I mean, yeah, it would suck to see Hangman Adam Page have the shortest run with the AEW championship. Just think what the possibilities if Adam Cole ends up winning. If Adam Cole ends up defeating Hangman Adam Page for that title, what happens when Kenny Omega comes back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody wants that. You're right. I mean, with Kenny still out with injury, if they could find a way to creatively keep that title on Adam Cole, we're going to see a battle to see who's the alpha male in AEW. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was a good way to close the show. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, AEW nailed it out of the park with that segment. Overall, Dynamite was a good show. My only gripe with this week was too many promos, but also considering this is the go-home for Revolution. WWE does the same thing when they have the go-home going into the pay-per-view. They don't have the talent work as much. Mainly, you know, just to keep the injuries down and whatnot. Last thing they need is any stars being taken out of their big event. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm glad that they kind of do it because we don't want them injured, you know? No, I mean, it, it would definitely take away from the card for sure. talk about smackdown we have a new intercontinental champion ricochet baby what a match what a ricochet was firing on all cylinders and then some and then some man that match was all over he was just he was hitting the top rope he was flipping over him he was it was just he was everywhere it was it was a well-fought victory who would have guessed we'd have two of our mid titles with ricochet and finn man that's where they should be that i want to see ricochet keep going i think he can be what Carmelo Hayes is in NXT 2.0. So Ricochet, what a great, what a great win. And we got to keep the feud going for Sami Zayn and uh, Johnny Knoxville for Mania, baby. It's going to be a fun one. I'm sure it's going to get lots of eyes on our product. Uh, Following that, we get Austin Theory announcing he is the mystery opponent. Pat McAfee is going to fight. And man, if if I get to see even a shred of what Pat did to Adam Cole in NXT, I'm I'm so fucking pumped to see what he's gonna do to Austin Theory. And it was, it was so great. Pat's reaction was, who was that thirst trap bitch? It's fucking great, man. I I'm so ready for all of this. Ricochet being 
back in the title and Pat McAfee wrestling again. What what a fucking day to be alive. The only thing I want to kind of note is I'm a little disappointed that this title change or even the fact that if they the real plans was to put the championship on Ricochet, I wish that was more of a WrestleMania moment for him because he has earned winning that prestigious title. I mean, for the longest time, I know the general fan reaction is that title's been, I guess the word I can really say is they've taken a lot of the prestige away from it because Shinsuke really never defended it but that really wasn't on Shinsuke creative just I think they dropped the ball and forgot that championship still existed however if you really wanted to bring that prestige back I think that was something maybe not really needing or having Nakamura drop it to Zane. they should have had him drop it to Ricochet because yeah do do you really do do you really see any plans with Nakamura right now going into WrestleMania? I no, I don't know who he's gonna fight. I have no idea. But yeah, I would have, I would have preferred to see that. That yeah, I could, I could agree with that. I would have loved to see Ricochet win that at Mania. What a fucking moment that would have been. Yeah, I and see, I felt. It would be a win-win. Ricochet has a WrestleMania moment, but on top of it, we're bringing some more spotlight and shine to the title that inaugurably won by the late, great Pat Patterson, who brought honor to that championship. And I, I just felt like they really dropped the ball with that. But I'm not taking away anything from Ricochet. Great job, great win great accomplishment to have in your career definitely definitely and as far as the pat mcafee austin theory man can you imagine how twitter was been lit up even facebook knowing that everybody was thinking this was gonna be pat mcafee against vince mcmahon oh shit i'm sure everybody lost their mind we were like oh we were all thinking this was gonna be old man against the announcer nope there was a nice twist at the end where it's me and austin theory and pat mcafee and like you mentioned earlier if we see the pat mcafee that we've seen against adam cole in fact didn't, didn't pat mcafee have a team against undisputed era yeah and it, so he didn't, didn't they have a war game cool. didn't they have a war games match i'm trying yeah to, yeah it was yeah. done and um was it rich holland no no I, I can't remember who the other i feel like it's rich i think it was rich harlan yeah rich hodlin yeah Nonetheless, yeah, I, I believe it's Danny Burke and Oni Lorkin. I believe so too. Nonetheless, it was Undisputed Era as listed defeating the T- Pat McAfee's team. And honestly, if we get the same Pat McAfee that we saw in the War Games and the singles match he had with Adam Cole, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a great match between those two. Next, we've got Naomi versus Carmella in a fun little tag match, kind of, but it really wasn't. She she ultimately got the win over Carmella, and then we got to see a face. Sasha Banks just crushed Zelina with a Meteora, and then it just kind of promoted their fight for next week. Uh, not, nothing really to this. It is what it was. Then we get Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. Man, it's, it's a bummer to see how far Jinder's kind of fallen, but he still does pretty good matches. It, this was this was definitely still a squash match. There was no, there's hardly any offense from Jinder. So we just got to see how powerful Drew was going into Mania. The only thing I have a hard time with, we'll start. I'll start off with my reaction to the women's match. Everything was just kind of thrown together real quick. 
I mean, there was real no real storyline for how this tag team of Naomi and Sasha Banks going for the Women's Tag Team Championship. I would have even liked to seen the history of, you know, where Sasha Banks was being called up from NXT to be joining. Oh, well, Naomi was... Team Bad? Yeah, was Naomi a part of Team Bad? Yeah, it was um, Naomi and Tamina and Sasha Banks. That's right, that's right. So, yeah. Team Bad, if they would have even brought in that little history saying, you know, when Sasha Banks came up from the NXT to be a group with Naomi, we just wanted to get together again and see if we can win these titles. But no, it's just been a very bland storyline since it's happened. And to touch up on the whole Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal, I'm, I'm a little disappointed with how WWE's used Mahal since he's no longer been the WWE heavyweight champion. Champion. I mean, the guys had nothing really going on after that, and to watch him lose a squash match with Drew, that's even more disheartening, because I feel, I feel Jinder has got the look, he's got the in-ring skills, they just don't know what to do with the guy. Yeah, I'd agree. I would, I really want to see Jinder... He, he's got the physique, he can talk on the mic. I don't know what they're waiting for for Jinder... I don't know what it is ever since, and I've mentioned this in previous episodes, ever since Roman's done this whole head of the table gimmick, his promos are just strong on point. It makes everybody listen to him. He says it and means it. How can you not give him props for the way he speaks now? Dude, you can't. Like, every time he is on that mic, he's just, he's he's raw, and he's just real, and he's in your face, and he's, it's just, it's like fireworks going off, man. I can't turn away from his promos. No, I mean, it. it's hard. He gets you. It's like the minute he starts speaking, he has that Jake the Snake Roberts effect. Grabs your attention, hooks you, and sinks you. You don't move until he's out of that arena because you don't know if you're going to miss something he's going to say. And that's how good of a talker he's become. Yeah, he really has. Let's get into the tag team championship match with Viking Radio Radios. Jeez, Raiders <laughs> woo, woo, versus woo. Usos. all right getting into it it was a really really good back and forth match but i didn't ever believe the raiders were gonna win like not because like i was predicting it but just because they didn't just they just didn't look like they had enough offense on them they've made usos so powerful I don't know who's going to dethrone these guys anymore, man. Well, and that's the whole thing with this faction, the bloodline. They've gotten such so strong as a unit that you don't know if anybody can beat them. I mean, the Usos are going to go down as one of the best tag teams in professional wrestling ever. Roman's going to go down as probably one of the best top champions ever. They very yeah. they very rarely show any kind of weakness. I mean, they got a little bit of the chicken shit heel very rarely. Every time they're in any feud, they've always come out the victor and very strong. And the way they the way their reigns are going with their championship runs right now, it's really hard to think who to who to pass those belts on to. I mean, you. Th- I thought for a while it could be New Day. With uh, Xavier's injury, it's kind of derailed New Day a little bit for me. Well, and it's really hard to really look at passing it on to New Day, especially when, in, in my psychology thinking, 
if you've won the world championship, I don't even know why you would want to be going back down to tag team championship, intercontinental championship, United States championship. That kind of logic has never really made any kind of sense to me. I would think I'd still be gunning for the top prize and not going for the prizes below it. Unfortunately for New Day, you know, they, they won the tag team championship after Kofi's lost the world heavyweight championship to Brock Lesnar. It's kind of hard to take Kofi serious as a going for the main title anymore. So Yeah, yeah. But like you said, if they were to pass it on the New Day, it would somewhat make sense. Not with Big E, with Xavier Woods. Yeah, I mean, th- there's really just no one I can think of that can even... They could be SmackDown champs at this point. As far as the Universal Championship, the only talent I would say that makes sense right now is Brock Lesnar. But it would also make sense for Brock Lesnar to lose to Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns can unify the titles even though wwe said that's not the direction they want to go they still want to have two separate top titles which that even still baffles me so why have a unification match so the only way it happens is if brock loses at msg then if he loses at msg but they're still advertising this as a unification match for wrestlemania i mean like i said they've got this such a cluster fluff of a mess right now they they need to figure out what they're doing is the problem they need to go with the story and stick with it problem is they're turning a story into another story to make more stories it doesn't it's like you're trying to add chapters to a book that doesn't need the extra chapter yeah it's just a story fiesta show now we're going to talk about Big E versus Sheamus, whatever this match was. I don't, like, they, it was advertised, Big E, Sheamus, never even got started. Warrior and Rich, Hard, Hall, uh, Rich Holland take their four-wheeler and drive it off and then destroy it. Like, I didn't, okay. And then we get Johnny Knoxville accepting Sami Zayn's challenge. That was probably a better thing than watching them destroy a four-wheeler. Right after that, we get Ronda Rousey versus Sonya Deville. Ronda dominated the living f- out of her, and she looked really f- good doing it, too. I get Charlotte interfering a little bit. We still get Rousey defeating Deville in a really good match, and that was, was a good way to end the show. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm liking the fact that they're still making, or not still, but they're having Ronda go into WrestleMania as the badass as she was once before, and I, I can only hope she does dethrone charlotte for the smackdown women's championship at this point it can go either way yeah it really can yep i think she'll dethrone her personally i i'm hoping she dethrones her but i don't think it'll be bad if charlotte still retains just to have a legitimate win over the ufc badass
finish arc with uh, Sammy Guevara, Andre El Idolo, and Darby Allen on AEW Rampage for the TNT Championship. What a freaking match, man. It was just a complete banger. This I wish they would have waited to do this match on Revolution because of how good this match was. Yeah, I I don't know if I would have went with the Trio's Tornado Tag Match. This should have been more of the pay-per-view match, and I would have put that Trio's right. Tornado Tag Match on Rampage or Dynamite even. Yeah, it may... Definitely. I, I'm a little scratching my head on Tony's booking on that one. Yeah, I if I was to redo it, that's the switch I would have made. Overall, it was a great match. It was a pay-per-view quality match. It got kept the fans hyped throughout the entire part. Sammy Guevara hitting that damn coast-to-coast when Darby Allen was coming to try to do a running Holy shoulder shit. tackle on him, which you see Darby go right out the ring and Sammy jumped and went and hit Andrade on the other side of the ring. I'm like, oh my God. Did did, yeah, did Darby survive that little crash there? <laughs> dude, this, this match... Uh, Bleacher Report graded it an A. I'm going to give it an A++ for me, man. That was, that was such a freaking good match. I was glued... I think I was even messaging you while I was watching it, and I was just, I was overly hyped by just everything Guevara did. He has never looked so good in the ring. Guevara is definitely at his best right now. Andrade and Darby Allen, I felt they both looked great as well. Although, I, some part of me wishes Andrade won that title, especially after taking over the Hardy family office. It's now the Andrade Hardy family office. I mean, at some point, you know, him and Hardy are going to pretty much butt heads, separate. But I think there'd be no better yeah. way than to have Andrade lead the group being one of having at least one of the singles titles on him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Rampage goes on a short break, and after commercial break, we see a promotion with Death Triangle, where we saw the Bastard Pack and Penta in the ring with Alex Abrahantes, and Alex is telling House of Black, basically, you will see what three of us will do to you. House of Black comes out, interrupts the promo with Malachi Black telling Abrahantes what a brave thing it is that he's sacrificing himself for one of the team members being out. And to the surprise, Alex Aprahantes tells Malachi Black, Hey, I never said I was the third man. I just said three guys. And next thing we know, out comes Eric Redbeard. Ugh. Eric Redbeard, formerly known in WWE as Eric Rowan. And man, I'll tell you what. Did Eric Redbeard have a great showing in his debut attacking all the security? Yeah, he definitely did. What a game changer. And I'll tell you what, man. He, like I said, he looked good. He didn't look like he had any kind of rust whatsoever. And he'll definitely be an impact in one of the new members of Death Triangle. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he really will. He, he did look really good. I will give him that. He kept himself in pretty good shape for not being in any promotion or on TV. So hopefully when Revolution airs, we'll see a great showing out of him. I think we will. And then we move on to yet another promo with Dan Lambert promoting the match for Scorpio Sky to challenge Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship at next week's Dynamite. What appears to be in order to get that deal, Paige Savant is going to show up Saturday, or sorry, not Saturday. She's going to show up Sunday at the pay-per-view and sign her contract to be All Elite. 
Match number two for Rampage, we saw Keith Lee defeating J.D. Drake of the Wingmen. Keith Lee was pretty much all dominant this match. However, there was a few spots that did make J.D. Drake look really good. I watched J.D. Drake on the Chris Jericho cruise back in October, and I'll tell you, I think this guy's got some good skills to him. He reminds me a lot like Ray Trailer, also known as the Big Boss Man, short time in WCW's The Guardian Angel. I think J.D., if he gets booked right creatively he can go places after the yeah, definitely uh, sorry sorry no go, go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say yeah i watching jd drake i really i noticed that man he, he he's not as much as a jobber what everybody says he is he he was hitting stuff. He was looking really good, man. I was I was impressed. I think he could have a really good singles run if he's not with the wingmen. Like I said, on the Chris Jericho cruise, watching every match he wrestled in, the guy's got skill. I mean, I, I don't know how else to really describe it, but I will say it again. He reminds me a lot like the big boss man with his skill set. But then right after the match, uh, we saw all members of the wingmen come to try to attack Lee. Apparently, Lee was able to outpower all of them and pretty much we see Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs leave the announce booth trying to make their way to come down to do an attack on Keith Lee until Orange Cassidy came out and distracted gave them enough of a distraction that they changed their minds not really a whole lot to this match just pretty much another build-up to make Keith Lee look really great going into the AEW Revolution match definitely Indeed, versus uh, Lilia Gray for the Professor 5-Minute Challenge. Layla Gray, by the way. As usual. What's that? Her name's actually Layla Gray. Layla Gray. Excuse me. Thank you. You're good. Layla Gray. And I was hoping to see more offense from Layla Gray, but all she did was run out of the ring and get pinned really, really fast. Or No, sorry. Submitted submitted. really fast. The the best part about this whole thing was Hikaru Shida bolting out and just coming out and beating the holy living shit out of Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb with a, a kendo stick and man, did she look angry, but she looked so good i was oh man i'm so ready for her to come back me too she grew on me when she would during her reign as the aew women's champion at first i was not so big on her as i said she grew her in-ring skills really good they're top notch seeing her out for this long of time kind of bummed me because i feel she's got another title run in her hell maybe even the tbs championship for all i care i i just know she works really hard in that ring she's able to keep storylines going yeah yeah it was it was uh fun to see her just come out it threw serena off her game too And I really loved the fact that she was showing more aggression with every swing with that candlestick, too. I I feel that that's how I would like to see most of the women be in AEW, is just be more aggressive out there. Show that aggression. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of violence. Nothing at all. Then we see an Eddie Kingston promo with Tony Schiavone, pretty much just as typical Eddie Kingston doesn't really care to cut a promo Tell Shivani, hey, let's go to catering. They got cake. That was pretty much the end of that segment. And it's time! 
time for the main event. We had Ethan Page coming up short to Christian Cage in what was the last spot for the Face of the Revolution qualifying ladder match coming up at the pay-per-view Sunday. Not really a whole lot to the match. I, I did feel Ethan Page still wrestles really well, but unfortunately it doesn't really lead up or him anywhere. No, not really. And with this win, Christian moves on to the ladder match, which will make it really interesting to see who will end up winning that to earn their shot for the TNT Championship. I just hope he doesn't hurt himself. (laughs) (laughs) And that pretty much wraps up our take on Rampage for the night. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of Wrestling Fans Insight. You can listen to our podcast on most major platforms. Be sure to check out our website, thefansofprowrestling.com. We also have our Facebook page in the groups of the Fans of Pro Wrestling. You can also reach Dustin on Twitter at DustinTFOPW. You can also reach me on Twitter, John at TFOPW. You can also interact with us by leaving us a voicemail at the this number, 385-367-4772. For Dustin Homer, I'm John Hoppy. We hope you tune in next week. And uh, thanks for coming out, guys. I've had a ton of fun tonight. I hope you guys come back next week and we'll talk more wrestling. Peace out. Peace out.